themselves. You have no proof Jenny's a witch. We have no proof she isn't either. And that's good enough for me. But that's ridiculous. You could say that about anyone in this room. Ow! She's pinching me! She's pinching me! Jenny, stop pinching Libby. Not Jenny, Sabrina! What? I'm not doing anything! Yes, you are! Ow! 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 She has a witch card! Sabrina is a witch! Gentlemen, Benvolio, welcome to episode number 23 of Sabrina's Witch Trials. This is the show where each episode we venture back into the mid-1990s to rewatch, review, and reminisce all about everyone's favorite Friday Night Spellfest, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I'm Alex Reuju, and folks, I hope you're ready for some pre-constitutional American fun, because there's going to be some butter churning, some, some candle making... Some, some hunting for heretics. It's going to be a real fun time on the Witch Trials this episode because we are discussing episode number 23 of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, The Crucible. And uh, to review this episode, I, I went forth and, and brought in the biggest witch I know. Chris Aduju is here, folks. Chris, welcome. Thanks. You you spell witch with a B, right? Mm-hmm. Get it? You got it. You're, got you're, it. A, you're an English minor, so and you put that one together real fast. that's my cue to exit. <laughs> Door closing sound effect, and she's gone, folks. Chris, how you been? I've been good. Huh? How have you been? I have been uh, quite all right. You know, I've been, I was thinking about this the other day. I've been podcasting for over four years now, and I still have no idea how to start an episode. It's like... It's always an awkward thing. I mean, you have your set opening, but... Right. I mean, that, that time period in between when we start the episode and when I introduce, so like that banter section, it's like, oh God, I have to I have to stay up to current events so I can be like, hey, Chris. You got to pre-plan your banter. Have you dabbed lately? Listen to that new, I don't know, Dr. Dre album. See, this is why I don't do it. This is why I don't, this is why I'm bad at it, folks. Uh, me being the huge fan of rap that I am. Anyway. Chris, see, it's, it's not, it's not it's easy to do uh, is the problem. Anyway, let's get right into it, though, Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, big episode. We're going to talk about it. I, I think I mentioned last episode. This is my favorite episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch ever. I mean, I think you don't shut up about it. So honestly, I the, the number of times all, it's pretty I've much woken, all you talk about. You've been talking about it all season. Like the number of times I've woken up people on my street just yelling Go watch the Crucible episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, first aired May 9th, 1997. Listen, the police have been called many a time. Anyway, before we get into the your episode jokes, and all the... Your uh, jokes today. They're Ooh. great. I know. Ooh, they need some work, man. Listen, they can't all be gold. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's all I've got for you, Chris. <laughs> anyway, um, before we get into the episode, of course, we start off each episode of The Witch Trials by asking my guest this is what i do uh to describe that episode of sabrina teenage which which we are talking about in a set number of words and since this is the 23rd episode and involves witches unlike all the other ones i'm going to ask you to describe the crucible in the spookiest number of words that being 13 
I legitimately always forget about this part. I'm sure every I'm sure single you do. time. I believe me. You think I, I you think I would remember with the amount of times I've been on this. I'm pretty podcast. sure I can supercut you saying I keep forgetting over and over oh, again. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh for a clip show. Yes. <laughs> okay, thirteen. Okay, I think I have it. Uh Sabrina takes a trip to Salem and gets accused of being a witch i wasn't paying attention but i uh my fingers moved watching you <laughs> count it i assume you've nailed it very good uh 13 on the nose unless that's not true and then i cut all this out um but absolutely accurate she does take a trip she does get accused of being a witch uh libby does fall ass backwards into that one Let's start though, Chris. Libby, Libby was the best, on point in this episode. Maybe that's why you love it so much. It is a great Libby episode, but we'll talk about all that. Uh, but first, episode number twenty-three, Chris, The Crucible, as I said, first aired May 9th, nineteen ninety-seven, to thirteen point two million viewers and eight point three share. Uh, sorry, 8.3 rating, a 15 share, and the 43rd most viewed piece of television that given week. Uh, this was actually a drop from the prior week, which was the 37th. So, uh, although it might be a great episode, not the most viewed episode. Like most called classics. That's true. Like most great things. Nobody likes them. Like Al. Anyway, we open upstairs. Where, uh, hearing the Other Realm doorbell, Sabrina runs to answer it, before tripping and sending a massive bowl of cheese balls into the camera. I thought they were Doritos. They looked like cheese balls. I wasn't sure what they were. They looked cheesy. Yes. But they didn't necessarily looked... Looked. They didn't necessarily look, uh, round. I thought they were, like, more triangular Again, folks, Chris is an English minor. Shut up. Uh... I, no, I thought they would go with, like, the generic cheese balls thing, and they kind of looked ballish to me. And I'm very good at recognizing... Uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, no. Anyway, she throws them into the camera, and when she enters the door to the other realm, she finds Kevin Nash playing a giant here, uh, looking to kill someone named Gorgo in the name of the Elders of Vandor. And he soon begins delivering mace shots to the camera. Sabrina runs and throws some stuffed animals at the camera, and after Nash does his best Batman impression in her room, she announces that, in fact, she's not Gorgo, leading an initially confused Nash to apologize and explain his team recently merged with another horde and the interdepartmental communications have been awful. Feeling bad, Horrible. Nash, or horrendous, awful? something like that. Because I, I, I just remembered that it was with an H because I was like, it's, it seemed like Horde. I noticed he said interdepartmental communications has been instead of have been when they're communications. Ah. He seemed a little like... He's a bad actor. We'll talk like he about had it. To, he had a lot of big words to string together. The way he delivered that line sounded like he had delivered it nine prior times and fucked it up. And this is time number 10. No, I'm not Gorgo. You're not? No. So this isn't the Fortress of Wolfric. No, this is 133 Collins Road. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I embarrassed? So you're not going to kill me? No, no, no. This has been a terrible mistake. We recently merged with another horde. And the interdepartmental communications has been horrible. 
I'm sorry to trouble you. Anyway, he, he's remorseful, and he endeavors to leave, promising to ream those guys in dispatch, but Sabrina soon notices his conveniently forgotten mace and throws it to him and the camera, leading Nash to whine in pain as we go to the open. Believe me, I'm going to ream those guys in dispatch. Hey, you forgot your thingy. Chris, this, uh, this cold open here. Yes. The first thing anyone would notice watching it is all the playing to the camera. Yeah. I was almost like, was this supposed to be a 3D episode? Ding, 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 yes! Chris. I, I noticed this as a kid, like not watching, cause I don't remember watching this live if I did or not, but I definitely watched it in reruns and was always like, God, they're doing a lot of stuff with the camera. This episode featured the sweeps trick of 3D, as we are in Sweeps Week here in early May. Uh, ABC's 3D Week ran from Tuesday the 6th of May in 1997 through Friday. And participating shows included Home Improvement, Spin City, Coach, The Drew Carey Show, Ellen. I remember The Drew Carey Show one. Uh, I remember the- That whole episode, it was very much like they made a really big deal out of like- putting in all these elements throughout the whole episode. I remember the home improvement one because there's like a tool time thing where they're doing 3D, I think, and like they're pushing a, a two by four into and out of the camera. I don't know if it was that you got... I remember getting 3D glasses. I don't know if it was that they did it in like a newspaper thing. Oh, I can tell you how they did it. Okay. One sec. Because I remember that. Uh, also, uh, Family Matters, Step by Step, Sabrina, and America's Funniest Home Videos. All those shows had 3D bits that week. Uh... ABC did it where, and by the way, we're going to listen to a fun little ad from the 90s promoting this right now. ABC is taking you into another dimension with the biggest 3D event ever. All your favorite comedies with state-of-the-art 3D effects. <laughs> ABC 3D TV will be brought to you in part by Wendy's, home of the fresh stuffed pitas. It's a fresh new taste. Cool. 3D TV on ABC starting May 6th. Yeah, so you didn't hear it in the ad, Chris, but ABC was doing this in coordination with Wendy's, so you could get 3D glasses at Wendy's. This is when um, this is when Wendy's was promoting some sort of like pita. They were really pushing a pita in <laughs> these ads. I don't remember ads. that. Uh, in fact, the old guy from Wendy's was like, "Oh, I've got 3D glasses on in the ad." He didn't say that because that'd be a little yeah. on the nose. But anyway, um, so yeah, you would go to Wendy's, you'd get your glasses, and you'd go home and watch, you know. Drew Carey muck it up in 3D. And I did. NBC, in fact, also ran a similar 3D event called Must See 3D, featuring a special hour-long episode of Third Rock from the Sun. I was going to say. And yeah. uh, you would get your 3D glasses for that by going to Little Caesars. Hmm. Yes. I don't know how I got the glasses, but I specifically remember watching the Drew Carey episode because it was a lot of elements like they were really really pushing in i always liked this the drew carey episodes where they would uh did they do the thing where it was like try and find all the things wrong in this scene they did a lot of stuff they like did that. do a lot of like weird promotions they did they did, uh, they did so, a live episode they did those they did the ones that were like whose line ones yeah. where it was like okay now you're dancing the macarena this whole time yeah uh, they were um, fun. but this episode it kind of just seemed like only the beginning was made 
to Taylor. Like, they already had the rest of the episode yeah. done. So they're like, okay, let's just do the opening and we'll just tack on, you know, whatever. There's one bit in uh, later on which seems to be kind of 3D. But, yeah, mo- for the most part, it's like 95% in this open. Um, let's talk about Kevin Nash for a second, Chris. <laughs> I was like, I know he's someone. I don't know who he is. Former when I watched multi-time WWE and WCW World Heavyweight Champion, also a tag team Intercontinental Champion. Um, his acting can best be described as wooden. Wooden. Over pronunciation also factors in there. Like he seems like he's trying to speak very clearly, and it really hurts his performance overall i mean he had a lot of hard words though and, interdepartmental and like, is not that hard okay but he had a lot of like names like um like bandor and like a lot of and woldrick and a lot of like odd names i will say this um i think well personally i think kevin nash is a massive prick like everything I've ever seen him do or say, you know, in interviews and everything, he seems like a huge prick. Uh, so I didn't like seeing him in this. I thought he was serviceable here, but yeah, you know, the, the, there's that point where he starts talking about the interdepartmental communications and he puts on that voice where it's like <sighs> the interdepartmental, like that's Kevin Nash. That's like his real voice or like how he speaks when he's being interviewed and stuff. And I just find it so arrogant. Like I just, I hate him, honestly. I'm a big wrestling fan, by the way. So uh, I'm pretty sure if you were to ask most wrestling fans what they think of Kevin Nash, they'd probably say they hate him. Real big prick. Now that I buried him sufficiently, I can also tell you he's in Magic Mike. You might recognize him from that. Oh, he's so much younger here. Yes, he is. This is 1997. So like, this is one of his like peak earning years as a he's wrestler. He's good in Magic Mike, though. He's funny. He's in that. Um, he was in TMNT2. Uh, b- before this, the movie where he played uh, Super Shredder, I believe. And the one other acting thing I can tell you about Kevin Nash is he was in the 2004 Punisher movie, where I think he played a like Russian like big mob guy or something. Uh, the only reason that's of note is that there was a scene where he gets stabbed with a knife, but they neglected to change out the knife with a like fake knife, yeah. so he really got stabbed in the shoulder in that scene. Oh my god. Um, also he had to get a real, he had to get a haircut for that scene. And he, he traditionally has hair like this where it's It's long. long. Yeah. Um, he got a short haircut that was like bleach blonde and he looked stupid in it. And (laughs) And he got stabbed. And then he got stabbed. (laughs) Wow. I hope he got a big paycheck. Probably didn't, honestly. Uh, He's actually been in a lot of stuff in like small roles like this where he's like the big enforcer guy. Yeah. But yeah. So besides that, anything else to add here, Chris? Yeah, uh, I think so. This isn't the fortress of Waldrick is something that I'm going to say from now on when I go to a place that I expected to be cooler, but is actually really lame. Man, that's going to. So this isn't the fortress of Waldrick? That's going to get over so No one big. is going to care. They're just going to what the fuck are you talking about? Go home. Are you on something? <laughs> okay. In Westbridge. Oh, wait, yes. wait, one more thing. Why the fuck would you put your mace down while you're just chatting? Yeah, like, that- but it wasn't even like it was at the beginning of their conversation. Like, he put it down and then had the conversation. He put it down and literally walked away right after. That's that's really bad camera work more than anything else because you could have, like, cut just to not Sabrina. Show him putting it down. You could have, yeah, exactly. You could have cut to Sabrina and then had him walk away and it just be there as opposed to very clearly showing him put down the mace and then walk away yeah literally like 
I'm just going to put this down and back away. Also, if you go back and watch it, look at his ankles. Because this is something you don't realize about most really big wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Their legs are super skinny. Like, his ankles are like toothpicks. Oh, I didn't look at that. I also, it, it seemed like when she threw it, she must have like hit him in like the thigh. Yeah, there's no way so that hit low. him in a painful way. <laughs> I mean, it's a mace, so, you know. Yeah, but also she didn't, th- she didn't like chuck it at him. No. She was like, it was like underhand. Yeah, and it was, it was very softly. Anyway, in Westbridge, Mrs. Hecht, new teacher alert. Tells the students about the horrors of the Salem witch trials, how by 1693, 20 were hanged, before pepping up to remind the kids about the specifics for their trip to historic Salem. Like the costumes they'll be given to immerse themselves in the repressive culture of the period. In the halls later, Harvey asks Sabrina to sit with him on the bus ride, as he knows all the good songs. Possibly ones with squares, who knows? But she's not yet sure she's going, adding that she doesn't give a fuck about seeing where the witches lived. We then get a transition to Libby, Cece, and Jill in the same hallway, talking about how definitely into Libby Adam is, before Libby gives us the explanation that the only reason that he hasn't asked her out yet is that he's super shy. Hey, Adam. Hey. He is so into you. I know. Has he asked you out yet? Not yet. But it's only because he's shy. Adam's not the type of guy who would ask a girl to do something. She'd have to make the first move. Libby says she'll have to make the first move, adding that she'll do it at Salem, the perfect exotic place to tell him she likes him. She then ponders the notion of adding a baseball player to her jock squad. At the Spellman house, Sabrina enters to the aunties planning a dinner party as Hilda's got a hankering for some seven witch chili, which definitely sounds like it's made of witches and not like it is anything else. Zelda offers to save Sabrina some for when she returns from Salem, but Sabs says that she can't go as <laughs> she's sick. This leads Hilda to zap Sabrina onto a bed of nails and into the outfit of an Indian mystic, as uh, Hilda feels the need to make a pun that I'll just let her give and explain, because I don't want to defend it. I'm sick. <coughs> See? Bed of nails? Why am I like this? Because you're a faker. Huh? You know, an Indian mystic. A fake here. <laughs> this is a very painful pun, Aunt Hilda. The <laughs> point is, you're not sick. Sabrina eventually confesses that she's worried about going to Salem, as... It seems like a dangerous place for witches, but Zelda tells her that the trials had nothing to do with real witches, and Hilda adds that it was centuries ago, and the only thing she has to fear is cheesy souvenirs. They then tell her to go and to have a good time. We then see a bus pull into Historic Salem, and Harvey bemoans the fact that they were so close to finishing 99 bottles of beer on the wall. The song, not that amount of beer. Bunch of blushes. Uh, Mrs. Hecht starts handing out envelopes to the kids, explaining that they are roll cards, and that most of them say townsperson, but one or more may say witch, adding that they should keep this a secret to really have a good old fun witch time. She definitely uses those words. 
Uh, Harvey quickly tells Sabrina that he's a townsperson, but Sabs tells him that she's not even going to look at hers and pushes it into the bus seat before leaving the bus. Chris, before we get into some more uh, historical fun, Mm -hmm. the greatest fun of all, if you ask me, uh, let's go back to Westbridge and discuss Mrs. Hecht, Miss Hecht, Ms. Hecht, whatever you want to call her, M. Hecht. What did you think of this new teacher? I thought she seemed very knowledgeable. I liked her a lot. I, I think that um, she's really good in the role. Uh, she's played by Jenny Willis from the Jeffersons, as I thought you wouldn't recognize, <laughs> he, but you definitely did. <laughs> yep. Her name is Berlinda Tolbert. I have her actual name. It's not just Jenny yeah, I was Willis. I going to say, don't you like know what her name is? Come on now. Yeah, yeah. Al, Al told me, hey, take a look at the, the teacher and see if you can figure out who she is. She's from a show that you know. So I it, I figured it out at the beginning of the episode, like in that scene, but I watched that scene twice and just stared at her to like see, because usually I'm pretty good with faces to see if something rang a bell and her, her facial mannerisms were very reminiscent of uh, Jenny's. From I think I think she's really the Jeffersons. Well, I, I liked her in the Jeffersons, but I think she's really good in this role, like. There's a uh, there's like a wonderful perkiness to her that is great in the character, but I think she does it really well. And I think she's obviously very talented at delivering funny yeah. lines. Like she did have to do it for the better part of a decade on the Jeffersons, and she's been in a bunch of stuff since then, up until now, up until this. Uh, so she's an old pro, and I think she does a great job here. Okay, that's enough. We're here. Can't we finish the song? We're so close. Sorry, Harvey. No more singing. Ye be Puritans now. Okay, I'm going to hand out these envelopes, which each contain a card. Don't open them yet. On each card is a role for you to play while at Salem Village. Most of the cards say townsperson, but one or more may say witch. Witch? If you really play your roles, we can make history come alive. Let's discuss the hallway fashions, Chris. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You, you kick us off. What do you want to go okay. with first? Well, the first, apart from the hallway fashions, the first thing I want to say is Harvey is a total pickup artist because he's like, hey, boo, want to sit next to me? I know all the best songs. They are <laughs> dating at this point. So if, if she doesn't sit next to him, it's weird. Uh, I wouldn't blame her if she didn't because he's like, hey, let's sing songs. It's like, God, we are in high school. Stop it. I guess he's, it's just to play up, I guess, the wholesomeness of Harvey. He's adorable. Uh, oh, my God. Yes. Libby's dress. What the fuck? I thought Sabrina's was bad, and I was like, okay, well, I'll take I'll take a closer look later. And then I saw Libby's, and I was like, nope, done. It's, it's no awful. outfit can ever compare. It's like psychedelic vomit. It's very sixties inspired you know, like blue and green with pink flowers Swirls. on it. With a pink flower with green dots on it right on her boob. It doesn't look like anything the character of Libby would ever elect to wear. I think it has to do with the fact that uh, 60s, 70s, like, psychedelic Mm -hmm. stuff was very in in the 90s. And then also, like... Like I said, I've said before, like polyester shirts, that sort of thing was very in then. So it it's it's very on trend. It doesn't even fit her well. It looks like baggy in places. It's like it's a on. shift dress, so it's supposed more to like, be basically like straight down. More like shit dress. Well, that too. 
slam dunk for it Al. Is, Two points. No, I don't think anything else compares. It's like, pretty bad. I, I, I thought uh, Harvey's sweater. I knew you were going to hate the orange and blue because yeah. you have a thing about that. It's not as bad. No, not even close. It deserves criticism, though. So uh, what, about, what about Sabrina's outfit there? I don't really remember it. She was wearing a uh, like a baby blue dress. And uh-huh. then you see later when she goes into, uh, into the house yeah. with matching baby blue sheer tights under it yeah so like, I, I don't remember minding it though I, oh I, it was bad because then in it. that scene she's wearing full baby blue and then zelda's wearing full like lemon meringue mm-hmm. oh god with zelda and it's just it's like is are you afraid to mix colors is it just monochrome like that's what everything has to be we now? bought a lot of fabric and we're gonna use it uh i do also love the fact that libby is just so fucking arrogant that she convinces herself that the only possible way Adam wouldn't ask her out already is because he's shy. It was so well done though, because he, all he says is, Hey, and then her friends jump on it. Like, Oh my God, he's so into you. It's great. And it gets even better a little bit later on. Well, I put down the, uh, Salem is the perfect setting, exotic setting (laughs) to let Adam know I like him. Cause you know nothing sets the mood like stocks and farm animals. You it know is, it is great and and giant collars. Mm. We'll talk about. Uh, did you notice in wool? The, wool. Did it's you, the sexiest of fabrics. Did you notice in the hallway when Harvey and Sabrina are talking? There's a girl that walks between them and bumps Harvey, and her backpack, like she's got it slung over one shoulder, it like comes off her shoulder. But she doesn't stop to fix it. She just keeps slowly walking because that's what she's got to do. That's so she's just walking out of scene with this like backpack she's hanging freaking, off her back. She's a freaking champ. It's fucking Hold hilarious. On, I'm gonna look at it right now. All right, because the, the one other thing I want to mention is, um, it's called, it's like a Jan sport that just pops right off. Uh, how fucking expensive this trip must actually be. There's overnighting. There's lodging food yeah she just she just powers right there. i told you it doesn't stop <laughs> that doesn't even it's look obvious that her bag has nothing in it like but paper hurts make it look full because the way it flies off is just like there's nothing in there and if you watch nate richard he kind of he bumps it but he's kind of like i'm gonna knock this fucking girl's backpack off <laughs> it's pretty great she's like i have no time for this but yeah like this this school field trip would cost no less than 300 dollars a person cause, oh like, yeah it's ridiculous because this is the kind of school trip that you only see in TV where yeah. it's the kind of thing you dream about. Like no trip is ever going to give you like outfits. Overnighting. Yeah. Even if you do some chores, fuck it. Mm-mm. All right. Anyway, emerging from the bus, the class soon discovers Mr. Poole in the stocks and Sabrina mocks him for doing anything for money. Fuck that's you, a, Sabs. That's really bitchy. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, he needs the fucking money. Like, why? Why you got to be such a bitch about oh, it? Oh no, he's not all of us work. have our aunts. Not all of us have magic powers <laughs> to fucking right. zap in whatever we want. Uh, fucking butter thumbs. Some of us have to pay for our butter thumbs. Mrs. H then catches Jenny chewing gum and tells her to spit it out. As well, she tells her to spit it out in the most charming way possible. I'll just, I'll just let her do it for herself. <laughs> Jenny, art thou chewing gum? I... Art. Well, out with it. Had the Puritans known chewing gum, you can bet they would have been against it. Uh, this leads Jenny to wrap the gum in her townsperson card. 
Mr. Poole then shows the class all the sites of historic Salem before telling them to break into pairs of buddies, enabling Sabrina to give us a really fucking weird bit of dialogue. I remember this from watching it as a kid and just thinking it was a weird thing for her to say. Because uh, Harvey asks her to be his buddy, and, and he's like, buddy? And she's like, better be. Like, what Why the? do you think that's weird? It's, it's just something about her delivery that seems so creepy and weird. No, I don't know what it is. I It was not creepy. It, it's like the kind of thing when, you know, like your friend or whatever says, oh, do you want to be my buddy? And it's like, bitch, I'm your only fucking buddy here. Like, you best fucking be asking me to be your buddy. It's just something weird about the delivery. Here, we'll, I'll put it in here and we'll let the listener decide. Buddy? Better be. Libby then goes up to Adam and offers to make it easy for him. Lucky Adam. Um, asking him to be her buddy. Less lucky Adam. And while he appreciates this, he already asked Jenny, leading Libby to ask if he did it as a joke. Also in a great <laughs> fucking delivery by Jenna Lee Green here. Uh, when Jenny comes over to say hey, Libby storms off in anger. Uh, Mr. Poole then soon discovers that Libby, uh, uh, Goody Chestler... Ara, Ara, <laughs> Goody, Ara, Chesler, uh, doesn't have a buddy, so he offers to be hers, leading her to tell us that it feels like she's falling down a well. Good, uh, good simile there, Libby. Way to go. The buddies then head off to change and start their morning chores. This leads to a montage of bonnet tying, candle making, water toting, wood chopping, and other fun pre constitution chores and probably post-constitution chores horse, Some, horse brushing horse brushing horse taming um i don't know there's no milking you'd expect there to be some sort of milking no i think it's been done oh yes more more candle <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they couldn't get a cow on short that's notice right. <laughs> that's right uh we then see the teens again as harvey adam jenny and sabrina are all sitting eating lunch while moaning about their various work-related injuries and Adam tells us that he's really going to feel that churning tomorrow. Tell me about it. Uh, gross. He, he was talking about masturbating, Chris, because he's a creepy little guy. We'll talk about Adam in a minute, or a little while, because I don't think there's any reason anyone would want to like date him. Jenny. He's the best fo- uh, baseball, baseball player yeah, on he, the team. He's weird. We'll talk about him. Jenny then asks if anyone has been accused of witchcraft, and Sabrina says no, and hopes that nobody is, as the last thing they want is a witch hunt, or a plot for this episode. <laughs> last thing we want is one of those. Elsewhere in the mess hall, Mr. Poole asks to sit with Libby and her various friends, of which there are two, Cece and Jill. I want a name for them, but there is no name for them. Chris will think about that while I'll keep going. Mm-hmm. Libby basically says, fuck these Puritan chores. And Eugene notes that Puritan life was hard and that it would be quite common for them at their age to be married and have a kid back in Puritan times. Disgusting them and creeping me out with the fact that Mr. Poole was telling them this. So, you all enjoying Puritan life? If I wanted to do chores, I would have stayed home this weekend. Well, life was hard then. You know, it wasn't unusual for a woman your age to be married and have a kid. Ew. What about Libby's biddies? That's okay. Mm, I can do better. Libby's bitch bunch. No. I like it. Hashtag Libby's bitch bunch. (laughs) Adam uh, then asks Jenny to talk outside in private. But she notes 
it's forbidden. He reassures her, and they weave past Wibby's table, infuriating her, leading her to weave to go channel her anger into something productive. Something we should all Churning. aim to do. <laughs> I'm going to make so much butter. <laughs> that cow's going to get so fucking milked, you won't know what hit it. Chris. Yeah. Uh, let's go back. Yeah. <laughs> one, uh, of, one of my favorite lines uh, yeah. that the the teacher said right when they got to the, the place Heck. was, no more singing, ye be Puritans. <laughs> <laughs> no fun this weekend. <laughs> she's great i think uh, she does it in such like a chipper demeanor i'm, yeah. I, I'm so angry we never bring her back because i think she'd be a, a solid like recurring teacher yeah but they it's too much of a distraction it's too much of a distraction because she's too good like that's the thing you need know. the the teacher that they want is mr pool because it's like the very very low grade like children's comedy where it's like oh look i'm an idiot i honestly thought like this might be paul feig's best performance as mr pool ever i saw him in a movie the other day he's in a lot he, 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 i don't remember what it was though he directs and produces a lot of stuff like he does a lot of melissa mccarthy's movies yeah it was it was probably a melissa mccarthy movie yeah um he he had a hand in ghostbusters i think he was producer or writer he, he definitely, was playing like an fbi agent or something i don't know he works on a lot of those uh he's actually one of the more successful people to have been on sabrina teenage witch anyway i think this is one of his better performances he's very very funny like charmingly dense he's strict at times which means you know he's a solid teacher in the role and uh, he also always carries that dorky mr pool demeanor that he's grown in my heart to be so appreciated for there are two more quotes that i really liked give them to uh, us i'm gonna give feel us two no, you already mentioned i'm gonna feel that churning in the morning <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's we so all good. know what you mean adam <laughs> and Jeez. the gestures too when he yeah. did it i was just kind of like oh, okay and then uh harvey saying i could get put in the stocks for this but you look really cute in that outfit <laughs> <laughs> yes harvey see that that's how boyfriends are supposed to be you could get put in the stocks but you're gonna tell your girl that she looks good that's actually coming up in a second but i the thing of note there i think is that harvey or even here harvey looks really good in his puritan outfit i think they all do sabrina's outfit is i guess more of like an older woman outfit yeah whereas um Jenny. Jenny's is more of like a younger girl's apple with just the collar. Like Sabrina's has like a full like bib wrap thing. I thought that Adam looked particularly like it just fits he him poorly. He looks particularly puritanical. He, he, it just looks like it fits him poorly. Like it looks too big for him. As where Nate Richards looks like it was tailored for him. Yeah, his outfit looks good though. Right, it's black it's with nice. like the, the gray and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so stupid. This conversation is a good Puritan outfit. <laughs> anyway, it's, uh, like, it's like if you had to dress up as a Puritan, that's like the costume that would cost you a whole lot of money. Oh, yeah, this is, that's not your like you know thirty dollar like comes in a plastic. No, this bag isn't your Party so City Puritan no, outfit. One no. uh, one of my top five Libby lines from this episode. What like as a joke? So good. Just the casual yeah. arrogance that Jenna Lee Green delivers that with is picture perfect. Will you be my buddy? Thanks, Libby. Mm. But I already asked Jenny. What? Like as a joke? No. I liked Jenny in this episode. You she like- had Jenny had very few lines, Actually, but I, I think the you. way she delivered them was really well done. And she's constantly likable and never slips into that like mildly overbearing like smildly. Smildly, it makes you <laughs> real happy. Uh, that mildly overbearing, like, I'm the awkward one yeah. character. No, she didn't. 
Uh, I actually kind of felt bad for her though because she there's so much. No, 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 <laughs> not even that. You'd think, because uh, she she takes it all in stride and she's very rational about it. And she's just like, it's all a game yep. and nothing actually comes of it. So like, why should I worry? Calm the fuck down, Sad. Um, but I felt bad for her because at the very beginning you have Harvey asking Sabrina to sit next to him. Mm-hmm. Then you have Harvey and Sabrina being paired up. And it's like, who the fuck is Jenny going to be paired up with? Der Adam. I understand that. But at at the time, it's kind of like, poor Jenny. What? Like, she is totally, you know, like when, when your best friend gets a boyfriend or a girlfriend and it's like, okay, you no, no longer exist. It's like, she totally got forgotten about. Yeah. Completely. And the only reason Sabrina even gives a shit about her is because she's worried that she got, uh, that she was accused of being a witch because she's so scared of being accused of being a witch yeah. that it it's more about her than it actually is about Jenny. Sure. I agree. Also, what is Mr. Poole doing sitting with teenage girls? Eating his lunch with teenage girls? Like, go sit with the other fucking it's, chaperones. It's like a fucking dream come true for him, really. It's so weird. Like, And while it's not there... That line about being married with a kid could easily be read as, like, statutorily a bad. On, a yeah. come on, like, yeah. you want that to happen? I can make it happen. You know, in this time, it'd be perfectly normal for you to be pregnant. So, so uh, let me uh, come up to your room, Goody Chesler. Uncomfortable. Let me get at your goodies, I, I mean, Chesler. Yeah, it's, it's good. Nicely done, Chris. Thank you. Show title there, I guess. <laughs> also... When Libby says uh, Jenny is going to be very sorry and I'm going to go off to do something, uh, channel my anger into something productive, he's sitting at the table. Is he not going to go, uh, Libby, what do you mean Jenny's going to be very sorry? Please calm down. She sort of turns away from him and says, I mean, she proclaims it pretty loudly. And she's saying it to Cece and Jill who are at the yeah. same table as them. I think he... As him. I think it has more to do with his aloofness where he's just like he's too focused on that apple (laughs) (laughs) also to be fair container to be fair like that's where the uh, camera work is actually smart where he's not shown sitting there even though when she says it yeah yeah, even though that would be like a little too much 30 seconds earlier he's shown to be sitting there he just eats really quickly and runs away he just wasn't focusing he was too absorbed in his uh after they didn't accept his creepy sandwich and apple combo after they didn't accept his pickup line he's like i better get out of here quickly just ran off okay outside adam makes jenny promise not to repeat what he's about to tell her and she does on her soul back in the mess harvey tries a little puritan flirting and scores some hardcore hand-holding action before being cock-blocked by miss h as uh unless they be married there will be no holding of hands this is quickly interrupted by a loud scream from the attic, and when the gang checks it out, they find Libby on the bed, Mr. Poole's not around, uh, <laughs> saying Jenny's specter flew in the window and gave her braid to make her look dorky, and then threw her shoes out the window. That's my favorite part of all of this. <laughs> Fuck your shoes! <laughs> the best, like... <laughs> As, as funny as the notion that they would braid her hair, the fact that they just threw her shoes out the window. And it's proof. <laughs> like, that's probably something that comes from the Crucible. Yeah. Like, the, the, the actual play. But it's just so fucking funny to see. 
Anyway, as evidence, uh, Libby then takes them outside and shows them the shoes before saying this proves, I wrote Henny's here, but it's supposed to be Jenny's, Jenny's card says which. Now, Sabs tells her to fuck off, but the teachers say that the Puritans would have taken these accusations very seriously, so the group can either deal with it or go back to their chores. And this option leads Libby and her bitch bunch to give us maybe the bitchy greatest- bunch. Come on, I like bitch bunch. It's like Brady bunch, but bitchy bunch. I think bitch bunch best. The bitchy bunch. Anyway, it leads the them to give us bunch. the greatest line of this first season of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, where they each tell us that they saw Jenny with the devil. True or false? The Puritans would have taken these allegations very seriously. That's right. So as Puritans, you have a choice. You can either deal with the witch accusation or go back to your chores. I saw Jenny with the devil. I saw Jenny with the devil. I saw Jenny with the devil. Which, by the way, was one of the working titles of this podcast. <laughs> I I had written really yes. I love no that one. No one would have gotten it. I I don't even care. Like I saw Jenny with the devil. <laughs> it's so fucking funny to me. Anyway, well, because it's straight out of the crucible. Yes. Uh, they then begin chanting "witch" when Jenny arrives, uh, leading Sabrina to quickly run her away and yeah which is very poorly done also it, run <laughs> she just makes her go inside to the attic they where, won't catch where you they definitely won't find her there and also like really incriminating just run run from the accusations that's what oj did sabrina didn't work out for him in the long run although in the really long run it did because now he's getting parole um did you also notice the exorcisty music that plays when they run away it's, i did not i'll put it in here it's very exorcisty in the attic bedroom, Sabrina explains that they think that Jenny is a witch, which Jenny is perfectly fine with. Sabrina asks her what her card said, discovering that Jenny is a townie. But when she tells Jenny to just show them the card... She says that she can't as she threw her chewing gum out in it. This leads Sabrina to do a great bit of explaining as to the proper use of a gum wrapper. <laughs> I love this no one line saves too. the fucking wrappers to spit their gum no, out No, everyone just spits it out or swallows it. They either swallow or spit. Yes. You could have just thrown your gum in the garbage. Definitely. Why? And why you gotta be so proper, Miss Puritan? <laughs> anyway, Jenny soon asks Sabrina why she's all worked up, and Sabrina explains that she's being persecuted, and tells her to imagine if this, if she was a witch, and if this wasn't a game. This is soon interrupted by the cockblock herself, who tells Goody Kelly that the time for her trial has arrived. This is a really quick. They ran that trial together really fast. Yeah. In the meeting hall. Judge Poole calls in Jenny, and as she enters, Libby and her squad pretend her presence is making them cold, forcing Sabrina to tell them to go put on a fucking sweater. Mr. Poole explains the charges and asks Jenny if she confesses to being a witch, which she doesn't. When asked if her specter threw Libby's shoes <laughs> and braided her hair, she tells him that her specter was with her the whole time. Now, before we get further into this wonderful trial, let's pause here and discuss these couple of scenes. Chris, I saw Jenny with the devil. You've got to fucking love that line. And you've got to love how 
Wibby decides to get back at Jenny. Like, I know what I'll do to teach her a lesson. I'll accuse her of witchcraft. It's very uh, on topic. It's very... It seems like she's more studious than she probably is because she knows what the fuck's going on. I like to think she went into that attic and found a copy of The Crucible and was like, wait a minute, there's a great idea. That's that book I never read for a class. (laughs) How very apt. I know what I'll do. It's genius. Uh, How much do you love how irritated Sabrina gets by Jenny uh, using her car to throw away the gum? Yeah, I mean... (laughs) It's great. You abandoned your card, like on the bus and you can't even remember where your card is but you're getting all up in jenny's grill at least she fucking looked at her card yes and then threw her gum out in it yeah no one said you have to keep your fucking card that's true. to prove that you're not a witch like also you puritans can't fucking do that that's not that is the big problem is like nobody's born with a card that says townsperson yeah, my card doesn't say witch so also you could just doctor one up who's gonna say that's not a real card or just borrow harvey's yeah or you know anyone else's so many ways you could get out of this Serena. adams i mean sure he'll do it he was just walking in the woods he probably has ridiculous. a card on him uh what'd you think here chris uh, I actually thought Sabrina's conversation with Jenny about uh, persecution mm-hmm. like really struck a chord because it's 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 very on topic for yes, 2017. Uh, yeah, for 2017 in politics. And uh, that's all we'll say. I mean, she said, well, I'll, I'll repeat what she said. I, can um, just, yeah, because I, pers- I could just put it in. You know? Or I could just say it because I wrote the whole thing out. Less um, editing for me. Because they're persecuting you. If they can do this to you, then they can do this to anyone. And then Jenny says, it's just a game. And she says, yeah, but what if you were a witch and this wasn't a game? At first they came for the Jenny and I did nothing. You see? Yeah. It's true. That's what the poli sign major will do. Um, it's very, it is very apt and all the more apt as we uh, go into the episode. You'll see many comparisons between the times of Salem and the times of 2017. That's right. We're getting political here on episode number 23 of Sabrina's Witch Trials. What are you going to do? Free show. No more singing. You be Puritans now. What are you going to do? Unsubscribe? <laughs> Please don't. Uh, okay, so back to the trial. Uh, yes, I was going to say just one last thing. As, as you noted earlier this, earlier, this is probably the most I've liked Jenny so far. It's just like... Yeah, she's really good. She's incredibly likable. She's being unfairly persecuted. She's not being like, oh, I want to be a witch. I w-, although she yeah. does do a bit of it later, but it's funny, so it's fine. Uh, if it wasn't funny, it'd be terrible. She's likable here, and I, I really appreciated Michelle Bodoin. I've never learned how to pronounce her last Because you could literally... She could have very easily gone the route of... Being like, oh, I think being a witch would be so cool. I'm going to pretend to be a witch. Yeah. I'm going to play that I really did do the stuff to Libby because just I like, think it'd be fun. Just like forcing that like loner or, you know. Otherness uh, yeah. that they try and bank on all the time. And sometimes it is ham-fisted. Anyway, Mr. Poole then asks Jenny where she was. And Wibby shouts that she was out walking with Adam alone. And uh, Paul Feig gives us an incredible line. Which is kind of like, hey, Libby, why do you know where she was? Well, she, Weren't you a little too preoccupied with her fucking specter? Of course. Well, she knows she was uh, walking with him because she saw him leave. This other I know. Muscle. But don't you think? Of co- Listen, everyone should know that Libby's faking. She announced that she was going to do something and went upstairs. <laughs> if you want to use logic here, Mr. Poole should, should immediately go, 
I, I saw you say you were going to fuck with Jenny. I'm not an idiot. Get I, out of here. Yeah, but I think the point is they all know it's all made up anyway because there's no way for it not to be But made a up. lot like actual uh, Puritan and uh, Puritan times and the times of Salem, some of them might just be going along with it because it's more fun than like milking yeah, cows. Yeah, well, or... I think they go along with it because it's part of the experience. Persecution. It's well, it's part of the fucking Salem experience. That if you're be, trying to do that, a, would be great if like you took your your school kids to Salem and the only lesson they learned was like candle making is a fun but laborious process and and nothing about persecution. Anyway, well, is itchy. Uh, Jenny explains that they were just talking, and when she's asked what about, she says that she was sworn to secrecy. Mr. Poole says that there are no secrets from the court, leading Sabrina to get real fucking savage, <laughs> telling him to ask Jill if that's her real nose. There are no secrets from the court. Then ask Jill if that's her real nose. <laughs> Silence. Jill's nose is not on trial here. Best line. It's pretty fucking great. Um, confirming that Jill's nose is not on trial here, Mrs. H then tells Jenny that... She'll either tell them what they discussed or she, she'll be held in contempt. And uh, Jenny tells them to do with her what they will. We then cut to Jenny sipping an orange soda in the stocks. Sabrina tells her how proud of her she is. And Jenny just wants to know if they found that key yet. Jenny then says that she wishes, wishes, she, wishes she was a witch so she could zap open these stocks and, quote, broomstick it out of here. I like that line. Uh, Adam soon comes back from a weird walk in the woods that he went on alone, probably masturbating. Pondering. <laughs> you got to figure, that's the only place he'd be able to, like, jerk it is in the yeah, woods. true. Bathroom. Or able to churn it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You'd think his arm would still be fucking hurting. <laughs> He's got two hands, girly. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Sabrina explains to him what happened to Jenny. He says he'll tell the court what they were talking about. And while Jenny tries to stop him, he says that they'll all find out on Monday anyway. An apt point. Running into the meeting hall, where everybody for some reason still is, Sabrina announces that Adam will testify. And when asked what he and Jenny were talking about, he says that while it's hard for him to say, uh, he's decided that he will quit the baseball team. Everyone is stunned by this revelation, including Harvey. And Libby takes this as evidence of Jenny's powers as she's turned a man against sports. But Adam says that it's really just their brutal coach. When Sabrina shames the crowd for condemning Jenny without a shred of evidence she's a witch, Libby gives us the sterling defense that they have no evidence that she's not a witch and that's good enough for them. Again, something that feels apt in 2017. When Sabrina says that this goes for anyone in the room, Wibby and her friends start feigning being pinched. And while Mr. Poole tells Jenny to stop pinching them, Wibby says that it's not her, it's Sabrina. While Sabrina denies this, Wibby says that she has a witch card. Sabrina is a witch! Jeez, where have you been, fucking Wibby? You only it's been turning. the fucking name of the show, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Sabrina, the teenage witch? You've only been turned into like five different things this first season. Goat, pineapple. Probably other things, although possibly not. But still, you've been around magic an awful bunch. Awful bunch. The, the puzzle wasn't in this season, right? No, I actually just watched an episode of season two. Okay. Anyway, Wibby keeps calling Sabrina a witch after the break. Uh, despite Sabrina saying that this is a silly accusation, 
uh, infuriating Sabrina until she says that the only witch in this room is her, pointing sternly, sending a ball of sparks bouncing around the room and into the camera. Now, Chris, we'll pause here for a second. Um, everything from the uh, the second part of Jenny's trial, where Sabrina just fucking tore Jill's nose to shreds. <laughs> Uh, it's great. Um, Mr. Poole's best line. Jill's I, I, nose is not on trial. Honestly, I, I think Paul Feig is great as like the, the stern uh, judge in this, where he's just like, I'm just trying to prosecute a trial here. Girls, do you mind calming down your teenage bullshit? Yeah, it's real fun. And um, Jill, this is probably the best of Jill's two interactions, as when she actually has to say something in a later scene, I thought she's real bad. <laughs> We'll talk about that. Talk about that when we get to it. What did you think of that? And what did you think of more importantly? I think Adam and his testimony bit. Um, I mean, honestly, I kept thinking. I'm obviously I've seen this episode, but I kept thinking like this would be a good time for him to say he's gay. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say this now. Why are Libby and Jenny into Adam at all? Like he seems like a huge dork. He's got a hilarious, like, Keebler-esque voice and ears, a bad haircut, and he honestly, he looks just too tall to live in a Keebler tree. He's not interesting or handsome in any way. What say ye? Mr. Poole, today at lunch, I did speak with Jenny. And what was the nature of your conversation? This is kind of hard for me, but I've decided to quit baseball. <gasps> I think he has that boy next door sort of thing. That's what they like about him. He's got a very high-pitched voice. He sounds like an elf. I'm I'm not attracted to him. I don't know what to tell you. Damn it, Chris. Stop loving Adam. Anything else to add here? You want to move right along? Yeah, I want to move along. Perfect. Everyone is shocked by this giant ball of uh, sparks. By the way, this is where I thought the other um, 3D effect was. this isn't, of course, until Mr. Poole says that he knows what's going on here, as he is a science teacher, after all. And it's just a case <laughs> of ball lightning. Oh, God. Hashtag ball lightning. Libby says it almost killed her, so stop being impressed by it, asshole. <laughs> but uh, Mrs. H says... He's that, like, I'll show you some ball lightning tonight, goody. Honestly. Calm the fuck down, Mr. Poole. Go talk to anyone who's over the age of 18. Uh, anyway, Mrs. H says that uh, we, we've had enough for today, and tomorrow there'll be candle making, cow milking, and the trial of Sabrina. So get ready for that, folks. After they adjourn, Sabrina frantically calls her Aunt Zelda, who's wearing a real weird, like, whip and chain kind of corset deal. Far too sexy for a chili-based dinner party, I thought, in my opinion. But, you know, we'll talk. Did you notice the music in this scene? Oh, hold on. <laughs> I've got a fucking note for the music in that scene. All right. You know what music it is, right? I know where it's from. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, from the Mando episode. Yes, it Hi. is. I couldn't have been, like, as much <laughs> as I already loved this episode, when I found that in this episode, I was like, yep. Best episode ever. <laughs> if anyone knows what that bit of music is called, because I'm pretty sure I've heard it in other TV shows. I'm sure it was just like a bit of production music that was yeah. circling around at the time. Tell me, I'll give you a dollar. I want it real bad. Anyway. Um, I feel like you should be able to find it easily. 
Sabrina explains to her Aunt Zelda that uh, she needs for her and Hilda to pick her up, uh, not wanting to tell them why, and just tells them to hurry. Uh, Zelda eventually relents, but Sabrina tells them to uh, drive, not fly, because them showing up on a vacuums would not help anything. After they hang up, Zelda uh, tells Hilda that Sabrina needs them and they need to go, interrupting their really fun, chilly party. And they decide to leave Salem in charge, and he's very happy about it, as he has power and chili. He's got it all. And he really, truly does. His animated cat is very cute there. He did, just looks so cute. Did you also notice that uh, Hilda is scooping chili from, like, a cauldron with, like, a big flat spoon? Like, you're not going to get any chili with that. Get a ladle, you idiot. Anyway. That night in Salem, Harvey tries to stop Sabrina from going... But Sabrina, with bag in hand, tells him that there's just something about this town. She spots her aunts uh, arriving in their awesome red Thunderbird. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And kisses Harvey goodbye, only inflaming his desire for her to stick around. Sabrina greets her aunts, just wanting to hit the road, but Zelda wants an explanation for why they're here. She explains about how they're doing a role-playing game, but not the fun kind. Not not the fun kind. Uh, and how... She's been accused of being a witch. Hilda notes the irony of mortals actually finding a real witch for once, and Sabrina tells them that she doesn't know what her roll card said, but everyone in this town thinks that being a witch is a bad thing. It's supposed to be a game, but it doesn't feel like one to me. They think being a witch is a bad thing. Oh, you know it isn't. Well, then why can't I tell people I am one for real? It's not a good idea. Trust me, they won't understand. Well, they almost found out today. I came this close to blowing my cover. And if I take the stand tomorrow, I can't honestly claim my innocence. And then what? Sabrina, calm down. There's a lesson to be learned here, and you're going to stay and learn it. You're not going to take me home? Nope. Can you at least give me a hint of what the lesson is? It's about accepting who you are. I don't know who I am. I lost my card. <laughs> they tell her she doesn't need a card to know who she is and add that they drove an hour to give her some platitudes and a bit of a life lesson because that's what being a parent is all about before heading home for some late night chili dinner which sounds good right now sabrina later the next day sits with harvey as he's glad she stayed around and uh, he slowly churns his butter We'll get to we'll get to their discussion in a bit, but Chris, Ow. I think one of the more important scenes in this episode. I really like the scene between Hilda, Zelda, and Sabrina because I mean, besides the awesome car and the awesome outfits, listen, they're pretty fabulous. They okay. are. <laughs> they are. These girls don't shy away from color. They are very. We're gonna drive cross country yeah. and wear spinster aunts. They, they look just like the aunts from Pushing Daisies. If you've ever watched Pushing Daisies, never seen it. It's very much bold colors and prints, and they're two wacky aunts. Bit of today, one has an eye patch. Weird. Bit of today I learned in the original Archie comics, Zelda has green hair, huh. and is much older and like a, a short, chubby uh, witch. Weird. Yes, I think. They went the right path with Ben Roderick, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. She has a bejeweled eye patch. It's always a different eye patch. Her eye patch goes with her outfits. How weird. Um, anyway, I really like the scene in part because I think it does a great job of tying uh, the season together. So, you know, sewing the overall story of season one together. Because really, season one is mostly 
Sabrina coming to terms with her powers and with the conflict of, you know, the wonders of magic as opposed to the realization that she's always going to be seen as different. Getting over that witch stigma. Right. And and just coming to terms with the fact that she is different and different isn't necessarily bad. And, uh, you know, this scene really encapsulates all of that. And I think it kind of helps to make sense of some scenes where, like, uh, Sabrina throughout season one will, like, hate being a witch and at the end of the episode she'll love being a witch but then like two episodes later she's hating being a witch yeah. again it, it shows that you know, it's a constant up and down yeah it, it, it it's like it, it's like days. it's like loving yourself in, in the real world i mean some days you feel great about yourself and some days you're like fuck i'm such a loser like it's natural up and down wait you can feel great about yourself sometimes I, sometimes I, i'm I, like yes bitch i've been doing this all wrong Get it. <laughs> no whatever uh, but yeah, I, I think it's great in that. And I also do, of course, love seeing the aunts be parental figures. I think it really just, it takes this series to something more than just a typical like, oh, like, like a You Wish or like a Teen Angel where it's just like, oh, haha, mildly funny tween comedy line. You know, the, the, you, you definitely start to care more about the characters and their relationships. And here. it's an important lesson for teenagers watching it Absolutely. and children watching and, it to and learn. And 20-something-year-old podcasters. Yeah. Love yourself, Al. All right. Once you accept yourself, other people will accept you, too. Goody, Al. Uh, one of my favorite lines from this scene was uh, Hilda uh, after Sabrina tells her that... Everyone... I already know what it is. <laughs> I already know what it is. Go ahead. After Sabrina tells her that uh, everyone thinks she's a witch... Uh, she says, I tell you, this town needs a disco. Yes. Yes. A- and she's got the right hat for a disco, she too. She does. She's ready to go. Um, as, as you noted, and I will make note of here, an educated ear would notice that during the chili party, the music is playing uh, playing in the background is, of course, the same amazing song playing in the background of Dream Date as uh, Hilda and Zelda form some Brian Austin Fucking great. Honestly, I, I'll use it as a ringtone if I can find it. I, I love it that much. We have to go. Sabrina needs us. Oh, all right. Sorry, guys. Salem, you're in charge. Yes. Control. Chili. I have it all. <laughs> uh, okay. Can we? Can we? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> my vaguely european voice there for a second uh, music the music <laughs> it's too sassy um can we talk about beth broderick and her fucking like, whips and chains chili oh, outfit? okay yeah i just i just saw it it's it's not as bad as you are making it out to be it's a little it's, too sexy okay. for a chili party it's like a jumpsuit i think or, or maybe it's just a top and pants, but it's like um, a halter, so it goes around her neck, but it has a collar, and then like a corsety bit. It's not a. It, you make it sound like it's a corset. It's just like, um, it laces up in yes. the front, uh, and so it's like a vest top. That's you know, it's very disco. Uh, I think it's very sexy. And then, but it has piping that sort of gives you that effect of mm-hmm. like um like Power a corset glass. bodice yeah. but it's not i mean i guess it's sexy for what it is but yeah. it's not like just, just, just look at all the crap al makes it sound like she's wearing fucking latex Listen, like look at all she's the- got a fucking whip and she's about to make you lick the floor like no you're, it's you're, not you're that. watching it right now yes look, I am. At, 
go a little bit further and look at what all the cretins at her chili party are wearing. The cretins? Cretins. Cretins. I say cretins. cretins. Uh, we'll, just look at, look at how they're all dressed and look at how she's dressed. It's like, you're dressed way too sexy. She's a host. She's a, S. She puts the hoe in host. Yes. S. S. She puts that hoe and ass in host ass. That's right. <laughs> um... She looks great. I'm just saying. It's a little too sexy. Well, I feel like you put her in her outfit, and then next to her, you've got Hilda in, like, a very sporty jacket with, like, stripes. Like, it's like a racing jacket, but, like, the kind of racing jacket that, like... Oh, so, oh, so look at the long-haired weirdo. Xenon would look, wear Look at the something. long-haired weirdo on the, yeah. the right. She's got, like, a gray sweater. Everyone's in, like, freaking sweaters and T-shirts. Such a weird... It's just a, not people from the crew. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Like, yeah. Just a bunch of weirdos. Okay. Bob the sound guy. <laughs> He's holding a boom mic the whole time. Anyway. Sabrina asks Harvey as they're sitting together if she can ask him a question about his feelings. And uh, when he eventually relents, she wants to know if he would still like her if she was a witch. Now, he immediately assumes that she got a witch card, but she clarifies that she's talking about in real life. When he says that if she'd have powers, how could he not like her? Um, she, he also then goes on to ask what she'd use her powers for, because that's how you decide who to date. True. Uh, she says that she, you know, do things like turn Libby into a goat, change her clothes a lot, or, you know, make a big giant fawn, which he sandbags as shit. His, to be fair though, his suggestions of make a big flying machine or pizza are then rightfully shat on by Sabrina. Just like, you just watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Get over yourself. Um, Mrs. Heck then soon comes out and uh, tells Sabrina that it's time for her trial. Harvey fixes her bonnet, as all good boyfriends do, because he's on it. He fixes her bonnet because he's Got on it. Got it. Oh, my God. Right? And uh, Mrs. H says that the cart will be here soon before we see Sabrina in a prison cart being pulled through town as townies chant witch at her and pelt her with cabbage. Why does Sabrina have to get put in the cart? Jenny just went straight to the damn trial. I can tell you why. Because she's the main character of the show. Okay? Um, as she enters the meeting hall, Libby and her squad pretend that she's making them itchy. So Sabrina tells them to fuck off before taking the stand. Because they're all wearing wool. They're, they're all are. itchy. They are a woolen bunch. On the stand, Mr. Poole asks Sabrina if she confesses to being a witch, and she does. Shocking Libby. She goes on to make a decent joke about being a card-carrying witch, or not being a card-carrying witch, before going to sign a confession, only to be stopped by chief counsel for the defense, Harvey Kinkle. <laughs> oh, he was so cute. Who's seen enough of this nonsense. I'm a witch, but I lost my card. So I guess I'm not a card-carrying witch, <laughs> but I am a witch. All right, then, I uh, guess that's it. Uh, just sign this confession and we'll begin shunning you. Wait, what are you saying? You're not a witch. That was a false confession. Harvey, I have no problem saying I'm a witch. But I know it's not true. I mean, look at this face. Is this the face of a witch? No, witches are horrible, ugly things, and they melt when you throw water on them. Look. See? She's still in he says that that was a false confession as witches are hideous things who melt when you throw water on them before pelting Sabrina with a mug of it. Sabrina 
soaked by this. Not the defense, the water. Thanks him for for uh, his stirring words. But no, so that's just a stereotype about witches and pointing out that they fear witches without knowing them and that there might be witches among them, but the society is too close-minded to accept them. They could all be having a fucking pizza party. That's right. She adds that it's their loss as that means that there's going to be no pizza party in their future. Just a bunch of cow milking and candle making. No flying machine for you. That's right. No giant fawn. Uh, she asks the crowd if they can accept witches. And shockingly, it draws huge boos. And the phrase down with <laughs> witches. <laughs> Again, very 2017 of you. So I ask you, can we accept witches? No! No, down with witches. And Hilda was right. Mr. Poole commends her speech, but says that the buses are coming, so it's time to rule on her and Jenny. And they stand before them to be judged. Jenny is judged first and is found by the town to be a witch. Chris, uh, let's talk about this whole Harvey scene uh-huh. and the uh, the stirring statements. I think of it's Sabrina. odd that you stopped right there. I know. But I want to I want I want to build some tension because will Sabrina be convicted? Who knows? Probably everyone because the show aired twenty years ago. I thought he was, it was pretty cute that he came to her defense. It is it is very sweet yeah. of him. He's like, no, stop, shut this. up. <laughs> I saw Sabrina with no devils. <laughs> I saw her with a choir of angels. But but of course it is a very uh, stirring speech, very very sweet and convincing argument for accepting people who are different than you and. And yeah. not well, her speech, not so much his. His is like, no, his, nah, she's not ugly. His speech is that some people are bad, but she's not a bad one. Yeah. Yeah. No, her speech is, is quite stirring and and apt even in modern times. Oh my God. We're just going to keep. We're going we're gonna to keep dancing around what we're saying here. <laughs> Put one and one together and I think you'll find what we mean. Thanks, Harvey. But what you just described is a stereotype. I mean, how do you know witches are ugly? Have you ever seen one? No. Well, maybe you fear witches because you've never met any. Yes, witches are different from mortals, but different isn't bad. I mean, maybe there are witches among us right now, but we're so closed-minded they can't tell us who they are. And we're the ones missing out. Because if we just accepted witches, maybe there'd be a big pizza party right now. Okay, let's let's just move on, because I don't think you have anything else to say here, right? Perfect. When Mr. Poole moves on to Sabrina, the... uh, the only one in the group who thinks Sabrina is a witch is Libby. Leading Mr. Poole to rule that the court finds Jenny guilty of being a witch, but is letting Sabrina off for lack of enthusiasm. Yep. Sabrina is depressed by this, as she confessed to being a witch, but Harvey explains that nobody could possibly believe she's a witch, especially with that great water defense he just delivered. I mean, She's furious, as um, this means that there will be no pizza party in their future. Fuck them. Libby then asks how Jenny will be punished, but Mr. Poole just says that it's over. Libby's pissed, saying that Jenny <laughs> is a witch and they hate witches. So Sabrina zaps Libby and uh, she begins feeling actually cold, but Cece isn't cold at all. And Jill is, uh, J- Jill, Jill, how are you feeling, Jill? Maybe I'm a little chilly. Thanks. What an awful delivery by Jill. I guess I'm a little chilly. Just how many? She very similar to Kevin Nash, where it's like, you definitely took ten swings at that line, and that was the best one. <laughs> anyway, Sabrina then soon zaps Libby again, giving her a wet willy, 
uh, causing Libby to shout witchcraft and making everyone, including Mrs. H, think she's going nuts. Libby is unzapped again, and uh, what appears on her shoulder but a monkey in a fez. He's pretty cute. Uh, that only Libby can see. Look. Look. Of course, freaking her out. Uh, Libby blurts out in all this monkey business that she was making it up about Jenny before, but now she's telling the truth. Sabrina, quick as a whip here, maybe even a better prosecutor than Harvey as a defense attorney, <laughs> says Libby is now confessing to making up the accusation, which she confirms. And Mr. Poole, considering this new evidence, reverses the conviction on Jenny and her specter. And quickly sentences Libby to wait for the buses in the stocks because of her perjury. Okay, look, I was making it up before, but now I really see a monkey. Did you hear that? She was making it up. Oh, of course I was. So you confess. You were just pretending to be cold and itchy and dorky. Yes. Yes, so can we please deal with the monkey on my shoulder? Hey, in a second. First... Given new evidence that Libby was making stuff up, we will reverse Jenny's conviction. My specter and I thank you. And for perjury, Libby will spend the day in the stocks until the bus comes. Woohoo! Don't you see him? He's wearing a, a fez and saying, ook, ook, ook. Uh, everyone weaves as Libby continues to freak out about the monkey on her back. Later, Harvey and Sabrina compare the souvenirs they bought for their family as a restrained Libby gets a nose scratch from her buddy and uh, notes that she just hit the bottom of the well. Miss H then uh, tells the assembled class that she hopes they enjoyed their trip before reviewing a surprise that they have been studying both history and human nature as the persecution and hysteria that arose in Salem arose again in their group based on the possibility that someone was different than they were. Uh, she then goes on to reveal that no one had a witch card. Uh, they all said townsperson, adding that she didn't create the witches. They did. And some of them look rightly ashamed. Oh. We're just like, oh. Usually screwed oh. his pooch, jeez. Uh, on the bus, Sabrina then tells Harvey that she doesn't feel like singing. She just wants to sleep before noticing that something's bugging her in the back. And it's not Harvey. It's, <laughs> it's uh, not the churning. <laughs> it's not that churning that he's got going on. It's uh, her old, uh, her old roll card that she discovers finally on the bus. Go figure. That's where she left it. Uh, she opens it. But of course, I mean, all the cards say townsperson. So what's the point? What? That's, that's my Tim Allen, by the way. Dun, 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 dun. It's a, it's a card that says witch in caps. And Sabrina is just shocked by this, folks. Just shocked. Chris. Yes. These scenes. I do actually have something to add. I think it was from the last scene, but I was trying to come up with something the whole time you were talking. So, you didn't no. so I was thinking about about Harvey's defense mm -hmm. and I was trying to think of like a if the glove doesn't fit, you must yeah. acquit. <laughs> and the best I could think of was... Uh, if she doesn't melt with water, she's no Harry Potter. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking good, good. It's pretty good. I, I, I could sit here for 10 minutes, but I wouldn't come up with anything that good. Jeez, nicely done. Thank Shh. you. 
long but possible show title right there. <laughs> um, fuck, that's good. That's almost as good as like easily half a year after uh, after I did that Dream Date episode. Yeah. I was like, fuck, I should have called that episode Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> that's good too. I really should have. I was so fucking pissed in March when I thought of that. Anyway, um, see... There's one negative in this whole episode for me, and it's that stupid thing at the end where she opens the the card and sees it says witch. Yeah. Because I hate that trope in shows where it's like, oh, I know what this is. Surprise! I didn't expect this, but it's really telling about the story that was told prior. I hate that thing. It's like, the way to actually do this, the more touching way, I think, would be to have her open it and see it's a town townsperson, and then take out a pen, cross it out, and write witch herself. Yeah. Because she's, she's showing she's accepting herself as a witch. But I, I think that sort of goes along with what they always do on the show. They always do stuff like that. You mean what they did? Yeah. They, they always do stuff where it's like, magically, somehow... Yeah, I know, I know, but I feel like this is just like too on the nose and doesn't really. That's because it's your favorite episode, and yes. you're like, I don't want this mess up in here. But it's true. It, that messes up in everywhere. That's what I, the series I know, is. I, I do. I honestly hate that cliche. It's like yeah. second only to the cliche of like Christmas episodes on shows where it's like, wait a minute, if I left all those gifts on the crosstown bus, then how are the gifts under the tree now? Ho, ho, ho. And they all run yeah, to the window. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, sleigh bells. Fucking Santa. I hate that one too. Uh, but yeah, honestly, I, I think it would have added more to the actual overall story of Sabrina accepting herself had she just done it herself. Yeah. But um, I will say, fuck you, Jill, and your terrible delivery. One last time. <laughs> and uh, on a positive note, how good did Nate Richard look in that like white tee, black It was. Jeans? It was very... Um james dean it was great and like his hair maybe the best of the season looks fucking flawless was he wearing because a lot of them were wearing the same outfit that they came in i don't think he was i think he was wearing something okay else. because the teacher was and yeah, she was. was i think sabrina was wearing the same shirt or she was wearing the same shirt she wore under her her like pantsuit i don't remember when like, she was waiting for her aunt i come. definitely remember mrs miss h was wearing it because i'm like oh look she's a bumblebee oh look she's a bumblebee again yeah i, I said the same thing <laughs> Hold on, let me see what Sabrina's wearing in the beginning. Yeah, so Sabrina in the, at the very beginning is wearing that pantsuit that she wears when she waits for her aunt to pick her up. Uh-huh. I mean, you know you're fucking going away. Yeah. Like, pack some fucking clothes. Also, when she's waiting for her aunt, she's carrying two bags. I mean, the thing is, obviously, you know clothes is going to be provided for you. Yes. But at the same time, you need to wear something to go and come right. back. So she, she, the pantsuit with that, like, orangey flower shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's wearing that in the beginning. And then she wears that, obviously, when she waits for her aunt to come pick her up. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, when they're leaving, she's wearing the shirt without, I think, the jacket. Right. She's wearing. She's. I know she's wearing the shirt during the credits when she, when her and her aunts are talking. Uh, but, Chris, do you have anything else to add with which the... They, which obviously means they just shot those scenes yeah. at the same time. And it's what you would do because you have the bus. And you already have people dressed in the clothes. Exactly. Um, I should also say, Jenny Green, fucking fantastic... With her she was really good in this episode. And honestly, I would freak out if I had to act with a monkey on my shoulder. Like, I know it's a trained monkey, but, but still. He was very well behaved. He was a good monkey. And he was very fucking cute. Um, this actually isn't even the only time you'll see a monkey with a fez on Sabrina Teenage Witch. What other, at least one other time I can think of. But that's like, at least... I feel like it was follow, in... Four seasons uh, in the future? An, uh, an intro when she changed when she's changing her clothes. Maybe. There's one where... Uh, 
there's an episode when they own the clock shop mm-hmm. where like oh yes the monkey outside yes yep. exactly that's um, so fucking stupid that storyline yes but generally go oh, they own the clock shop fucking stupid as shit uh generally green fantastic in this scene and in the episode overall i thought a fantastic performance by libby anything you want to add here chris before we go to the uh, closing scenes closing credits no i just think i think it was a really good episode i think when you look into little elements it still is very applicable Mm -hmm. um and i think it's a good lesson for for kids and teens to learn through a tv show so yep uh as the credits roll chris the aunties thanks sabrina for their kitchen witch that she brought them and sabrina notes that she's glad she stayed at salem as she learned a lesson you know the lesson and her aunts are like her aunts are fucking confused which they shouldn't be because they definitely knew the lesson they wanted her to learn you had sex what (laughs) the lesson (laughs) churning dick you know (laughs) another possible show title and uh when hilda goes to get some more pie from the counter sabrina stops her and brings the pie over magically noting that it's great to be back and great to be herself again as the episode closes a lazy bitch <laughs> it's great to be lazy as fuck i honestly do I, I do love this ending if only for the fact that we get some practical magic with a levitating pie and it was it was a um it was a lemon meringue pie also it was, it was probably just cream it, it looked no it looked like it had a meringue and then like a like a like a bit underneath oh i just saw the outside that's why that's why you come to this podcast and this kind of analysis probably totally wrong (laughs) i don't think it was okay chris but that's the episode um first things first let's Mm -hmm. rate this episode on our famous scale my famous scale uh our famous scale the show's famous scale the tgif scale the this good i feel scale great Uh, every time i say that i'm proud of myself for coming (laughs) up with that stupid I'm just gonna fuck with grammar because I want to. There might be a com- this good comma I feel uh, that scale where uh, Yoda a- scale. Of course, it's a one to five scale where each number has a corresponding TGIF show related to it. One out of five is a you wish. Two out of five is a teen angel. Three out of five a hanging with Mr. Cooper. Four out of five a family matters. And a five out of five, and that's what I'm giving this episode just to kill the suspense here. A boy meets world. Which is what it gets for me. It's Chris, family matters for me. Is it a high family? Yeah, matter? it's a high family matters. Right. Uh, it's not my favorite. I, I think it's honestly. It's it, good though. It may not be the best episode of Supreme Change, whichever, but I think it's my favorite by far. I um, think there are a lot of great random lines yes. thrown in. I think this is where you start to see like the development of somewhat more sophisticated comedy coming into the, yeah. the, the show, which you'll see a lot more in season two and forward. Uh, a lot of great performances, you know. Jenny's great in this episode. Mr. Poole was great in this episode. And I didn't hate Sabrina. She wasn't as much of a bitch as she normally nope. is. She's, I mean, she, she, and I think most importantly in this episode, she learns an important lesson about herself. Yeah. There is growth in the character and it really ties the season all together. She wasn't a bitch to Jenny. Nope. You know, it's always nice to see. She, she only uses magic against Libby when provoked, you know? And it kind of seemed accidental. In a way. She, uh, I don't think she meant to out herself in front of... A no, whole but court I, full of people. No, but I mean, oh, you mean she does? Yeah. She does give her a wet willy and I put a monkey yeah, on her shoulder. Yeah. Well, she was kind of doing that to get Jenny, uh, to get her to say that, right. you know, to she had lied confession. about. Yeah. Uh, similar to what Whippy did. 
to Sabrina. Uh, anyway, but it checks all the boxes, and I think it, in that way, it's a perfect episode for me. But Plus, it's, it's good, clean, historical fun. The best kind of fun. Anyway, main event, back of the winning closet, Chris, our episodic award for each installment's biggest fashion flop. Who gets your back of the winning closet? That, it's no question. Yeah. It's Libby. Yeah, it, it's Libby with that psychedelic atrocity. Honestly, if we're being perfectly honest, I think we all know why uh, the leader of the Lollipop Guild, Adam, isn't interested in Libby, and it's her fucking fashion sense fashion in this sense. episode. Yeah. Bad choices. I mean, when when your outfit makes the Puritan garb look good, you know, you know, something's up. Also, we didn't touch on it, but I just want to mention, speaking of Puritan garb, the fucking collars on some of these guys shirts. Like there's one in the background waiting for waiting to use the payphone where like it goes past his nipples. It's that big a fucking it's ridiculous. <laughs> I think maybe collars were like the way that you compensated for a small dick. Right. So just like <laughs> give me that big ass collar. Mr. Pool's tucking his collar into his socks. Uh, which if you notice, Harvey doesn't have a collar. He's no, got he doesn't one, need he's it. He's got one of those little uh, he, he's comfortable with who he is. Uh but that's that's the episode, Chris. Thank you so much for being here. Always fun to chat uh <laughs> historical sitcoms with you. Or historical episodes of now historical sitcoms because this show is 20 years old tell the folks where they can learn all about what you're up to and uh what you're doing uh and how they can follow you they can follow me on twitter and on instagram at chris conkers mm-hmm. and on my blog chris conkers and what, com. what happens at chris conkers.com what are you writing up over there uh book reviews and beauty reviews and general life stuff uh, I just did a movie review that was like part movie review, part um, just a general discussion about anxiety and fear and, you know, learning to get over that. So there you go. And if, if you think she's sassy here, folks, just go just go read some of the sass over at Chris Conkers. <laughs> so much sass. Uh, yes. And do follow her in all those places. And you can follow this podcast and this show. And that's the same thing uh, on Twitter at Sabrina Podcast. <laughs> On Facebook, Facebook.com slash Sabrina's Witch Trials. Instagram, Instagram.com slash Sabrina's Witch Trials. You can also subscribe, and you should, in iTunes, uh, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud. You can listen to us there. Also in the Google Play podcast section or wherever you listen to and subscribe to your podcast. We'll be there. And you know what? While you're at it, give us a review. We like reviews. We especially like five-star reviews. And, you know, any any review is appreciated in in all honesty so uh give us a review let me know in any of those ways and i'll uh, give you a shout out on the podcast because and uh that's and, the most you're gonna get from me and tweet your uh your favorite one-liner from this episode yeah and also tweet your uh, back of the winning closet pick yeah for this episode Some, i mean come on we it's, know it's we know hard right. to, to i mean maybe you can argue zelda's yellow thing that was it was because it was like a a yellow and then she had like a chartreuse like headband thing she did head have scarf, that headband which, which no was good. like a just another level of bad of bright <laughs> of very very bad anyway next episode will be the last episode in season one i can't believe it's been 23 episodes already yeah well, it's crazy it's, i mean it's it goes been, fast it's been, almost, it's been over a year now i believe um Episode number 24, Troll Bride, will be the last one. Uh, Yeah, not my favorite, but we'll talk about it when we get there. Uh, And then after that, there might be a special episode before we go into season two. Please don't do a clip show. 
special clip show of all the times Chris couldn't remember that she had to describe the episode. Uh, I never remember it. It'll be 52 minutes long. Uh, But yeah, the next episode will be Troll Bride. It'll be fun to talk some fairy tales with... uh, whoever the guest will be. I think I think I have a guest lined up that will shock and surprise you. I think it would be interesting to clip together all of the uh one-liners, like the the words, like name this episode and oh, like if you put them all in order to mm-hmm. see what each episode was yeah. when broken down. I think that's interesting. The I I'm I'm working on a lot of possible ideas for a little like in between review thing, maybe uh not not to give too much away, but maybe there'll be a uh, a collective review of the back of the winning closets. Uh, a lot of fun like a, stuff I'm working on. Like a tournament. That's <laughs> right. Uh, but until then, and until next episode, I want to say thank you once again for listening to another episode of Sabrina's Witch Trials. And remember, we will see you in the other realm. Where were you? You weren't in the dining hall when Libby screamed. She was with Adam, unescorted. How unseemly. Mm-hmm.